0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guests by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet, and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Marnie Squidberg and it's exciting to have you here with us this afternoon. I've been away for a little bit and it is great to be back. Today's program is Four speakers are anybody who ever opens their mouth, and that includes you. So tune in and get your pen and paper ready. Carol Leeson is our guest today, and she's going to share how to speak with passion, integrity, and commitment. During this hour, you'll discover how to develop topics you're passionate about, an easy way to make sure people will listen when you speak, the secret to speaking with passion, the two critical questions to ask yourself about speaking, the four types of speaking topics, how to bring integrity to your ministry, strategies to help you become a speaker, people want to book, the three-step formula for speaking with passion, integrity, and commitment, Secrets to help you stay committed as a speaker, and also the number one best way to be a speaker known for integrity. Carol Latham is our guest today. She is a speaker, blogger, storyteller, and encourager of women. She loves sharing about her journey, how God has changed her, and how he shows up in her life every day. You can learn more about her over at her website, carolsjourney.com. And you spell Carol C A R O L E. Carolsjourney.com.
1: Welcome to you, Carol. Thank you so much Marnie. I'm excited to be here today.
0: Well, and I'm excited to have you. I think that you were one of the original speakers at womenspeakers.com
1: way 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 back. <laughs> I was. <Yeah>. I was. <laughs> there was only a few my, of us then.
0: <laughs> that's right. My favorite yeah, it's really grown. My favorite uh my favorite thing about well, I don't know if it was my favorite, but as I as I grew to know the speakers that are represented over at womenspeakers.com, uh, one one of the things that really struck me was the heart and the commitment, the incredible commitment that these speakers have for sharing God's word and also for keeping their own commitment. And, Carol, I have to tell the story about the time <laughs> I talked to you. And you were ready to go to a retreat with two broken arms. And I was like, are you still going to do it? You're like, sure, I'm just going to take an assistant with I promised I'd be there. And i that has been all these years, Carol, that has been the picture for me of true commitment, where you just have two broken arms and you're still going to go. Oh, man. How did that retreat go? Tell me about it.
1: You know, I, I had two retreats. I broke my arms on a Sunday. I actually fractured my elbows and uh, my wrists, and I was... On a Sunday, and then the next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I had a retreat, and I took my daughter with, me. and because I couldn't brush my teeth or dress, and the <laughs> then I had a retreat the following weekend where I put braces on my arms, and it was a mother-daughter retreat, and I took my friend and her daughter, and she was my minion for the weekend, and uh, then I had mm-hmm. a little bit of a break before I healed up, but yeah, I I did it. I just forgot one time and snapped my fingers to make a point, and we all kind oh. of like took a moment. <laughs> um yes oh uh, my goodness oh
0: I know, yeah i was speaking i, I was speaking a couple of weeks ago and i ended up leaving in a wheelchair which was not the way i like to leave a speaking engagement but you know i had just i i just it was god was so merciful it was at the very end of the entire thing and i went to put my headset back at the sound booth and they had a little step that i didn't see and i just <sighs> went by it and just slammed my foot into the floor and I thought maybe yep. I'd broken some bones on the top of it, but no, just jammed toes. So that was awesome. <laughs> but you know, I think the I think the thing we're talking about here today is speaking with passion, integrity, and commitment. And uh-huh. uh, I can't think of a better person to talk to us about <laughs> this than you, my dear. <laughs> you, have earned, you have earned the position. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, so let's, let's start you. with some passion talk here because um, you have some okay. tips for us on how to develop topics that you can truly be passionate about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, there's really three things that um, that I do when I'm developing talk- topics. There's three questions that I ask myself. And the first one is, what am What am I an expert at? I've been married for 40 years, so I can talk about marriage and that type of topic. I'm the mother of two adult children. I have five grandchildren. And so, you know, when it comes to family or raising children, um, I can develop uh, topics that I'm passionate about because of, of my passion for my family. I've been a pastor's wife um, for 35 years, and you know, so I can share from that aspect, and so uh, I look at that. Then I look at the lifelong friendships and the ups and downs of those and, and how we've developed those friendships and kept them. And so I literally ask myself the first question, what am I an expert at? So those things come into play. Then you look at the skills that I have, like communication, leadership, marketing, um, those type of things. And, and so, you know, it's easy for me to, to go to those topics because those are my life. So, so the first question is, what are you an expert at? And everybody's an expert at something. And, um, so that's kind of where I start. The next thing that I ask myself is what have I experienced and overcome? I grew up in an abusive alcoholic home and I've come out of that with, um, some really healthy uh, perspectives and some healing from God. So, I can really speak to the people who have uh, either experienced that or have friends and family who've experienced it. Then there's all kinds of family issues with divorce and, you know, just those types of things. Um, and then fears, you know, I ask myself, you know, what have I experienced in that area and have I overcome? And then the, the final thing that I ask myself is what am I learning today? Um, and, and, you know, two things that are really critical are the things that are going on in my life. My ministry is called Carol's Journey because it's about the journey I'm on in my life. And I speak from where I'm at. So right now, for the last 10 months, I've been dealing with um, some severe depression and anxiety in my husband. And I've blogged about it, and I've used um, some of my ministry platforms to talk about it. And, and so that's, that's something that's very raw and real. That's, that's an ongoing thing. That God has asked me to talk about. And then the final thing that I, I, that I love to talk about is just how God shows up in my life. I can just go story after story after story of how he just every day shows up. There's a need. He shows up. You know, there's a person that just shows up to share God's love with me. And so those are some of the ways that I develop uh, my topics. Uh, from a personal standpoint then the final uh, thing is developing a topic is when uh, an event planner calls or you know uh, women's ministry leader calls and wants me to speak Um, if they have a topic then we I discuss with them in detail what is it that they want from that topic just to make sure that I can be passionate um, you know about that topic because it's not going to do any of us any good if I can't stand up on this you know in front of them and share with that passion whatever they need Well, right, and that kind of takes us into the next point where we're going to talk about is
0: how to make sure that people will listen when you speak. Well, what I've
1: discovered is that um, uh, the moment that you're introduced or your photo goes up to promote an event, people begin to get an idea or sort of decide who you are, and and sometimes they decide whether they're going to even like you um, based on the photo that they look at. Um, So when you step on stage, there's already an impression being formulated as to whether people are going to listen to you or not. They're sort of sizing you up and and deciding that. So the first thing that you have to do when you open your mouth is make sure that you say or do something that is going to engage them. Uh, For me, I'm a storyteller. Um, So sometimes I won't even dive into who I am. I'll start out with a story that relates to the topic that we're going to be talking about And then weave um, any personal information into uh, the message following that. But whatever you start out speaking the first words out of your mouth, it's really important to be engaging. And I am huge on eye contact. I mean, big, big, big on eye contact. And in a large, huge group of people, you can't make eye contact with everyone, but you can make eye contact with somebody all the time. So when I am looking out into the crowd, I am making eye contact with, uh, whoever God puts in that point, uh, you know, that reference point. And, um, and eye contact is huge because people want to be noticed. People want to be seen. Even the shyest person wants to be noticed and wants to be seen. Um, and so that's my second thing. And then I, I think it's important to be yourself. Um, I have experienced going into some trainings where they try to move you away from the way you dress, the way you act, the way you speak, you know, they, they try to control, but you have to be yourself. And, and Mm -hmm. I'm just, I love to be funny. I love to have fun. Um, And there's a time for seriousness and there's a time for, for tears and laughter. And so you have to be yourself. And then the most, most important thing is that people can sense whether you're transparent or not. And that's, that's a key because if people feel like you're not there, um, if they're, if you're just putting up a front or you're putting up a show or, or you're not being transparent, they're not going to listen to you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) These are great points. I, I learned something about that eye contact several years ago Uh, I was actually just attending an event and I was heading up a steep incline toward uh, some group of people that were uh, there in in attendance. And I was looking and there was this uh, lady and she was sitting beside someone I had not met yet. And I knew that her husband had uh, died. And so I was so curious who this man was in her life. And so I started up the stairs and my eyes did not waver off of her face. I was just focused right directly on her. Up the stairs I went. I stopped and I had a nice conversation with her, met her new man who she ended up marrying, and then back down I went. Well, the next day my husband came home from work and he, and he's like, "Marty, you are so in trouble with my coworkers." And I'm like, "How in the world could I be in trouble with your coworkers? I haven't even seen them." He said last night at the event you went straight up toward them and then you never greeted any of them. Here they were sitting exactly behind the woman whose eyes I was (laughs) in focus on the whole time. They thought I was looking at them. But I was mm-hmm. ne- I never even saw them, and so that's when you're looking at a person. All of the people in that vicinity feel like you're looking at them. Mm-hmm. So it's really mm-hmm. okay for you not to uh, feel like you have to remember who you looked at before, and you know get every person in. When you're standing up front, uh, this goes a long ways, and I just totally agree to look at the. Pe- I've heard people say, "Don't look at anybody. Look over the top of their heads." No, <laughs> look at look at people. <laughs>
1: They're there. That's who you're yeah. talking to.
0: Oh man. Yeah, um, sure. And you actually have a little secret to speaking with passion. What's that?
1: The secret that I have to speaking with passion is understanding your skill set. I am a storyteller. So I am always going to wrap uh, my points, my, my message around a story. Um, and so because I know I'm a storyteller, I'm aware of that. And so, um, you know, I just know that that's one of my strengths is that I can tell a story that sort of draws everyone in and then I can speak a point and then it just kind of flows right in. Other people are really strong biblical expositors and they can just take a scripture and they can just go right through it if somebody is asking for something like that, I know that's not my strength. So mm-hmm. I will actually say to them, you know, I know this person, or I'll actually refer them to another speaker um, who I know can do that well. And so I think um, when you're speaking with passion, you have to know who you are. You have to know, um, you know, the way you're going to relate to the people. Um, I know that uh, that I'm a touchy-feely person, So, and I also like um, – I also tend to bring people into the message, so I am a lot of audience participation, and so, uh, you know, whenever, it just all of those things kind of create a passion and, and, and an excitement, um, but also if somebody is a teacher, like a really strong teacher, they can create the same type of passion because I can tell you so many times I've sat under teachers who just have that gift. And you just walk away going, how did I learn all of that stuff in one hour or two hours or, you know, over a weekend, because they're truly gifted. So it's understanding who you are and, and being true to who you are.
0: Absolutely. I, I was so astounded. One time I saw a, a video of one of the most frequently invited speakers at womenspeakers.com. And she's just booked all the time, both through our site as well as other sites. And um, she just was always going and speaking and I remember seeing a video of her and she, she stood up in front and she put on her glasses and she took out her paper and mm-hmm. she started to read her speech. And mm-hmm. she had everybody absolutely enthralled from the get-go. It did not matter. Mm-hmm. It did not matter. Because mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. she was speaking about was so powerful to her and everybody received that through her speaking even though she was reading it. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I just can't agree with you more. I think that we use a lot of excuses for not going, for not speaking, for not doing. And the reality is that uh, God has this amazing opportunity for each of us to go and do and to fill a space in the world. Well, we're going to take a really short break here and come right back with Carol. When we come back, we're going to discover the two critical questions to ask yourself about speaking, the four types of speaking topics, and how to bring integrity to your speaking. We'll be right back we <laughs> Welcome back, this is Marnie, we're visiting today with Carol Leeson of carolsjourney.com and we're talking about how to speak with passion, integrity, and commitment. Carol, let's go ahead and dive into the two critical questions that you should ask about speaking, and I'm curious what these are.
1: <laughs> you know, this is something that um, that I actually developed years ago when, when God first wanted me to speak. Um, the first question that I think is the most important uh, question is why do you want to speak? And you have to know what your motive is. I have been approached over the years by so many people, so many women and, and even men who say, Oh, well, I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to go out there and do it. And I always ask them, why, why do you want to do this? And they'll look at me with this. Sometimes this like crossed eyes, like, what do you mean? Why do I want to do it? And I just remember to the first time, God asked me to stand up and tell my testimony. I didn't want to do it, but I knew that I needed to do it, and I got up there, and I just froze, and then this woman Mm -hmm. that had asked me, she stepped up on the stage, and she put her hand on my back, and I was able to get through the testimony, and it was my 30th birthday. I'll never forget that, and when Mm -hmm. we sat down, I leaned my head over, and I said, I am never going to do that again, and it was probably (laughs) 10 years Yeah. It was probably about maybe five, five or six years later that I was at a retreat, and this woman approached me, and she said, you know, God just spoke to me, and he told me that you're supposed to be a speaker. And I said, oh, no, 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 not me. I will not do that. And she asked me, why not? And I said, because I'm terrified. Um, I'm terrified of rejection. I'm terrified of this. I'm, you know, And I just had this whole list of why I wouldn't do it. And God just kept working on me. And, and my, she to this day will tell you that she's these skid marks, you know, where I was dragging my heels going (laughs) into it, but your motivation has to be right. And I think the motivation, it all comes down to, uh, you know, really one question is, are you called to do it? Because if God is calling you to do it, uh, you cannot not do it and be happy. You have to, you know, it's like when you're a Christian and you're following him, You have to do it. And I took a break. I actually took a break for a few years uh, from speaking. And what I realized during that speaking when God brought me back to it, again, I wasn't looking to come back, was that he needed me to be transparent. He needed me to be willing to share the intimate details of my life because there's people out there that can be helped by knowing what God has done in my own life. And so the questions are, I always ask, why do you want to speak? What's your motive behind it? Um, you know, some people say, I think it'd be fun. Well, yeah, it can be fun, but then it can also be heartbreaking. Um, and then are you called? Those are the two critical questions that I think are very, mm-hmm. very important. And, and I, I always ask when, whenever anyone asks me if I'll help them become a speaker. Hmm. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, and you have actually divided it down into four types of speaking topics. So let's go through those now.
1: Yeah, um, I have, whenever I'm I'm preparing um, uh, a topic, I'll look and I'll ask myself, does it fit into one of these four? It's an instructional. You can do an instructional, which is where you're doing a specific teaching. That can be as simple as um, I, I've taught uh, on basic communication skills, um, how to communicate. Uh, motivation, motivational speaking, which is really providing a reason for people to act. You're actually trying to motivate them. Um, to, to do something. Um, and then the third one would be topical, which means maybe they want something on friendship. Maybe they want something on, um, you know, uh, raising children, marriage. Um, and then the fourth one would be inspirational. And that's where I find myself mostly falling into is the inspirational. Um, they all sort of all fall in at a certain point, because You know, your can be inspirational and motivational, can be topical and inspirational. But your, but, but for me, I find that I mostly fall into the inspirational, which is really encouraging people to change. I talk about the things that I've changed in my own life, and then how you can change, or how God, you know, you can find God and you can change through Him. So those are the four types of speaking topics that I have in my repertoire.
0: Okay, and like, what is the what is the main difference between motivational and inspirational?
1: Well, motivational can be um, just a simple motivation, like for instance, um, you're trying to motivate. Uh, like, if I'm if I'm teaching a class on leadership, I'm I'm motivating maybe them. To, I'm teaching them um, uh, m- to be a better leader. So I'm trying to motivate them to be a better leader. Inspirational, I think, tends to bring in more of a spiritual um, sort of uh, side to it and, and, and really encouraging. Maybe it's more personal, um, intimately involved mm-hmm. in your life, that type of thing. Motivational, you can motivate people to do things. I mean, I could motivate people uh, to, to get out and run or to walk or whatever. You know, you might be able to motivate them to do something, but to really make a change on the inside, I think it takes an inspirational sort of aspect to it.
0: Mm, yeah, that was beautifully put there. Uh,
1: so when you are, like
0: when I am thinking about going speaking, I'm not identifying like I won't do one or the other of these, but possibly more like what does this event planner want as far as the basic uh, presentation style. So, for example, if I'm teaching at a chamber of commerce, it's typically going to be either instructional or motivational. You know, that's kind of where they Mm -hmm. want me to stay. So you Mm -hmm. just kind of have to work with your planner and identify which angle they want you to come at it. I love that you divided this out into four types of speaking topics. Um, And the two questions, going back to that one, the two questions, why do you want to speak? What's your motive and are you called? It's kind of interesting cuz so many so many people really feel called but then they don't know like how to begin. Like they they have this passion mm-hmm. in them. I have to go talk, I have to share, but they don't really know where to start, which takes us back up to your t- top three questions, you know, what has God already gifted you at? What are you an expert, or mm-hmm. what are your skills in, and what have you experienced and overcome, and what are you learning about today so that God mm-hmm. can teach you? I want to camp here for a moment on that fourth one at the top there, their topic. So you have explained a little bit earlier that sometimes you will say no based on you know that that's not going to, it's not going to be able to be an area where you could really be passionate about it. I think, I think all of us as a speaker, we hate to say no, and we love to say yes, but this is Mm -hmm. really an important part of speaking with parents. It's where the integrity comes in, really. So you could say yes, and you could go, and you could actually get through it. But what they really Mm -hmm. wanted when they contacted you was the person who would just, you know knock it out of the park would really Mm -hmm. be able to directly do what they asked you to do so if you're talking to a speaker and she's on the borderline she's like I don't know you know it's a pretty good fit
1: but I don't know I don't know what would you do in that situation or what would you encourage her to do well if she's saying I don't know then I would say that the answer is no um Because uh, when an event planner emails you uh, you know you I usually will respond and and hopefully you you know you 'll get a one on one phone conversation with them. and when the one on one phone conversation comes that 's where I can really get a feel for what is it that they really want. Um, I had an event planner contact me, like I said, who wanted, they wanted to go, uh, through the book of Philippians over a weekend. They wanted to go really verse by verse, which is a lot to ask for a weekend. Um, but a person who's gifted in that type of biblical teaching knows how to pick and choose, you know, what to highlight and what not to highlight. And that's just not a gifting for me. I, I know that I would get detoured by the stories and the things that God has done um, based for me out of the stories, the scriptures in Philippians. I love that book. Um, it's not, and I could teach the book of Philippians, but I would teach it totally different than someone who would be a biblical teacher. Um, and, and so what I would say to the person is, okay, what, you know, if you're, if you're on the fence, that generally the answer is probably no and, and it's okay to say no um, and it's good to say no, because um, you're going to come away feeling disappointed. They're going to go away feeling disappointed because there was no passion. And I believe that we need to do everything with excellence. And so um, if I'm being asked to, to, to teach in a way or to speak in a way that is not in my wheelhouse, then I'm not going to be able to do it with excellence. Um, and so it's very, very critical to be able to to say no no I just I just feel like this isn't the right fit for me and you um, The other thing is that I don't go back um, to the same event to the same church or the same group um, until they've had that event two other times and have had two other speakers in there. Too many times the event planners fall into this routine of you go, you hit it out of the park, and then, of course, they want to recreate the same thing the next year with a different topic. And, and I just feel uncomfortable if they just come back to me. Um, you know, I've, I, I have done it one time where I did go back in the second time for the second year, and I just felt like, oh, you know, it's just important to have some space um, between the times that you go in. Um, I've attended events where they've had the same speaker in two years in a row, and it just it doesn't feel it's just a lack of passion. And so mm. I just think it's important to um, be sensitive and to be able to say no, because sometimes mm. we say no because we're afraid we won't get asked again. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> right, okay, right. you know, it, but it's important. It's yeah. very important to say no and, and to know that it's okay.
0: I just I just had one of those the other uh, the other week. I was asked to come back same place I'd been last year, and I I just immediately knew the answer was no. And there may be situations where the answer would be yes, but I think as a general mm-hmm. rule, I'm I'm with you there on that one too. It's very difficult, and a lot of times it's either a because they're trying to recreate the same thing that happened, which God rarely does the same thing two times. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. or um, sometimes it's because they they just you know don't know who else to ask so you're the easy pick and so we'll just go here uh that's another that's another time they'll come back but more frequently i think it's because you really did do a great job and they want more of that and sometimes that's Mm -hmm. perfect but honestly i agree with i agree with your basic standard and then just pray about it another thing Mm -hmm. is there's a difference um like if you're asked to speak on something that is not in your, you know, top 10 wish list of topics or whatever but you would be able to do it. Um do perfectly consider that and there's two different there's two different seasons for that. There's the one season where, you know, it's plenty of time in advance and they could really find a speaker who really would do a great job. There's another situation where God just Brings you to mind because they are in a situation where they need somebody. They think of you. God, you know, God brings you to mind. It's not your perfect thing, but and they recognize that. But they are so happy that you will help and come in. And so it's different when there's plenty of time, and they have mm-hmm. the ability to do something else. A lot of times, God will throw us into the deep end of a pool and ask us yes. to just say what say what He puts in our heart and to do it with our whole heart. Yes. So not not to throw it not to throw it all out. And I know you weren't saying that, but I just wanted to clarify it.
1: Well, and, I, and I'm really good. I'm one of those speakers who's really good um, to call at the last minute. Um, because, um, God, I, I have, I have that God has just gifted me with the ability. If it's what he wants, he and I together can put it together, even in the 11th hour. So in those situations where maybe another speaker gets sick and you're asked to fill in at the last minute, you know, you're on the plane flying to the event and you and God are just like writing it as you go. Um, it's not like you say the best, but. You know, when an event planner has an event and something happens, I believe if God has you, he's going to work with you and give you what you need to say. And there's been many times where I have stepped mm-hmm. up onto a stage and God has just f- flowed through me. And then I step off the stage and I go, where did that come from? <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, God, right. you know, right. because you, right. it was an inspiration from him. So, yes, I agree Absolutely. with you completely. There are times.
0: Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, was, you know, a lot of people are very afraid of speaking. And uh, I think once once you've kind of overcome your basic fear of, of just getting up in front of people, and like you said, you know, rejection or what, there are so many reasons why you might be afraid of speaking. But I find that the ongoing reason why even a very polished speaker, uh, professional speaker, would still be afraid is because um, – they, there is either a lack of knowledge on the topic, or else a lack of passion for the topic. And in those situations, the speaker finds herself needing to uh, generate something that is not coming from the depth of her being. It, it's coming from externally, or you know, God can flow that through too. But then usually you wouldn't be <laughs> feeling that kind, same kind of tension as I'm describing here. So once again, going back to accepting the. Uh, accepting the invitations that fit in where God has gifted you and what he has taught you to speak about and where he is calling you, that's going to make all the difference there. We're going to take a real quick break here, come back and talk about how to bring integrity to your speaking, th- strategies to help you become a speaker people want to book, and a three-step formula for speaking with passion, integrity, and commit what will be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker, or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go? Check out WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002, connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers. Speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's (laughs) www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you're with us here today at Marnie's Friends. We're talking to Carol Leatham of carolsjourney.com on how to speak with passion, integrity, and commitment. Carol, we were just talking about uh, speaking from an area of passion, from an area of expertise in your life, and you actually have a, a way for us to bring integrity to our speaking every
1: time. Yeah, my number one way of bringing integrity is understanding that, that you're making a connection with people, that, you know, God has asked us, asked me to step, to step out and, and to make a connection with other people, whether it be uh, women, whether it be, you know, mother daughters, um, whether it be a marriage conference, um, but you're really connecting, which means that you're letting people in. Their, you know, integrity is when people feel like you're taking down that wall or that veil, and you're really letting them into your life. Um, and then the second thing is engagement. Um, you have to engage them. Um, the way that I do that is I just share what's going on in my own journey. Um, I just talk about what's going on in my life when I'm blogging. My blog my blog is really about the things that I'm learning in my own life, the experiences um, and and so there's an engagement that has to happen and so people feel like if you're connecting with them and you're engaging them, then there's an integrity because they feel like they can see who you are and then finally, um, involvement um, and the involvement comes. We, because I believe that I am on a journey through life. That's why my ministry is called Carol's Journey. And I believe that whenever I come across another human being, they're now a part of my journey. So when I speak um, at a retreat or a conference or something, uh, all of a sudden everyone in that room becomes a part of my journey and I become a part of their journey. And and there's an integrity um, that, that people feel like they know you, they see you, that, that you are the, the, you know, you are who you say you are. Um, and so when you connect and engage and involve them in, in the speaking that you're doing, um, it sort of creates an integrity because they look at you and they go, okay, that, that seems real. When I talk about my grandchildren and my face likes that, they know that I love being a grandmother. And so when I say I love being a grandmother, my physical appearance, my my actions, and and my words are all um, saying the same thing.
0: Oh, right, right.
1: I have to say, too,
0: you know, when you're on the platform or on the stage, of course, these are critical, understanding, engaging, involvement. But it also matters when you are just in the hallway or uh, just going through the other portions of the event that you don't turn it off and then turn it on. You need, that's part of the integrity of just being who you are. And it isn't just the passion for this is what's coming out of my mouth, therefore, this is the most important thing that's going to happen this weekend or at this event. It is that the whole event, the whole thing that God is doing there, whether it's with you or without you, when you're there, you're passionate about being there with them. Uh, Carol, when you mm-hmm. arrive at an event, What is your practice?
1: My practice is to, uh, when I usually arrive, they're they're usually still setting up. And I usually wander around and just, um, if if they're doing table decorations, I comment on the table decorations. Um, if, if If they're doing something, putting something out, if they need help, I have been known to step in. If somebody is frazzled at the last minute and trying to get something laid out on the table, I've been known to do that. And then about uh, 20 minutes before the event starts, um, I walk. If it's a small enough event, I will walk the room, and I will touch every chair. Um, If it's too large, um, then I will walk to a section. And I just literally pray uh, over the room, and I pray over the chairs, and I pray over the people who are – you know, setting things up. I remember one time I was at an event and there was a young woman trying to get something done and it wasn't working and you could tell it was not going to work. And I just walked over and I just said to her, can I give you a hug? And I did. And she just fell apart. And then I just prayed for her. (laughs) And, and, you have to be engaged. You can't be aloof. You can't be, you know, the, the you, it sounds bad when I say this, but you can't be the celebrity. You know, you're there to minister and to share and to be involved. And so um, I, I tend to try to be um, involved and there for everything, um, you know, as much as I can.
0: Yeah, I, I knew you would answer that way even before I asked you,
1: but it's, uh, I can't <laughs> believe how many times that
0: I arrive at an event and they tell, they usher me to the room where they believe I will want to stay uh, secluded <laughs> away from everyone until the event begins. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just set my purse in here and then where's all the girls? You know, it's like, come on. Yeah. so that's kind of, you know, there's a, there's a big difference. And I always just encourage you speakers, I encourage you to practice and pray at home. And then when you're there, you just have such a short time with this group. You you really only have either a couple hours or a couple days with these particular women in this particular setting with Jesus. And he is taking you there not only for what you're going to say from the platform, but because they are going to watch every last thing you do the whole time Mm -hmm. you're there. And they are Mm -hmm. looking for Jesus. They're looking for Jesus, mm-hmm. any sign of him in your life. And so don't mm-hmm. hide away in an office unless you really have to. And honestly, you know, um, I, did have to, I did have to go in the office a couple of weeks ago because my voice was running out. And so I just had to go and be still. So I'm not saying never use it, not that. But when the heart is, when the passion is to be there for Jesus, as Jesus to this group of people, it changes everything. And Carol, I love what you said about walking around, touching the chairs, and praying for that. I do that, too. I recently was at an event, and when I got there, in fact, I was scared. I walked in, and they were all there, like all the ladies were there, (laughs) sitting, And and they were sitting around tables because the first thing was luncheon. And I just went to the to the leader and I said, Oh my goodness, am I late? She goes, Oh no, this is just a real early group. They get here real early, and so we <laughs> had time. And there were about there were about eighty or hundred ladies. And I thought, you know, okay, I'm here. They're here. I would usually pray over this, so I'm just going to. So I just went table to table, and I introduced myself and let them introduce each of themselves and gave them a touch each, and then I kept, and I went, I got all the way around the room before the event started. And boy, Mm -hmm. did that ever change how that event went compared to if I would have just sat at the front table and looked out at everybody, you know, for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. we have this opportunity to extend the love of Jesus in whatever way he provides in whatever setting we're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you actually have some strategies to share with us about what will make people want to book you as a speaker.
1: Yes. Um, number one, you must listen when you're – and listen can be reading very carefully what they're asking, then listening when the event planner calls you to tell you what they want. Um, I did an event recently where um, they were kicking off their uh, their winter Bible study, and it was just an event to come and have fun and really uh, they gave me a lot of freedom. They had gave me a scripture, but it was a scripture tied to the Bible studies that they were going to use, and they wanted you know just a lot of fun and involvement. And I said, oh, I can do that. And so we had sword fights, and we had all kinds of, you know, just different things, um, you know, with, with with women coming up on stage and, and really just getting them involved because some of them didn't know each other. And and what you have to do is listen to what they want, and then you have to follow through. So if they give you a topic, you have to understand, and I really ask a lot of questions to clarify exactly what they want because I want to follow through with exactly what they want. If they're asking me to speak on... um on, um, you know, uh, let's say uh, getting over your fear of rejection or something like that or, or finding boundaries. This is a good one. Like, like I get asked a lot to speak on boundaries because of some issues that I've had in the past with family members. And and so if I, if they're asking me to speak on that and I come in and I talk on marriage, then I'm not following through. So you, you have to follow through. You have to listen and follow through with what they're asking you. And then I'm always big on evaluation. I always talk to the event planner afterwards and, and I ask for evaluation. Did, you know, did, did, did did I follow through? Do you feel, or, you know, what, how did you feel about the whole situation? And then uh, sometimes I might adjust for the next. If I'm going to be asked to speak on that same topic again, I have, I make notes and then I, um, and then I'll adjust. And a lot of times um, the adjustment for the next one may be something simple. It may be totally different. And I never use the same complete message twice. Um, I always change it or tweak it. And then the other thing is you don't take yourself too seriously. I just don't take myself too seriously. <laughs> I, you know, um, when, when people call me, I'm honest, um, you know, uh, and, and I just, I'm just, I'm not going to ever take myself too seriously. I'm in, I'm walking through life and I'm a, I'm a human being and I make mistakes. And so, um if I am on the stage and something doesn't go right, I laugh at myself and I go, wow, I didn't plan that one. You know, you just have to learn to go with the flow and just not take yourself too seriously. And so um, if I do those five things, then I find that um, then, then people refer me. And, and my biggest referrals are um, from, from personal, someone who's heard me speak who goes and tells mm-hmm. somebody else, oh, you need to have this person come. And speak, mm-hmm. and so I usually try to ask why. Why did you? What did they say that made you want to book me? Because I'm curious. And number one, and number two, it, it, there's a reason why they called me because that person said something specific. Um, that makes sense. I, that, was that clear? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I, I, I always say
0: you're you're listening, you're you're reading, you're you're asking questions in order to discover their heart this event mm-hmm. that's your job mm-hmm. as a speaker your job is to meet their goals and i think that no, gets absolutely. really lost in speakers uh in the in the big scheme of things a lot of speakers are like yeah but this is my topic no actually you're mm-hmm. going to god's event and you're you're his house <laughs> season so really it's really his his call on it i like to ask the question and one of my guests several years ago taught me this and it has been amazing to listen to an event planner respond to these questions, I will say something like, um, at the very end of this program or this weekend, how do you want the women to feel and what do you want them to remember? And wow, that is a, a target right to the heart of that event planner. And sometimes they know the answer immediately, and they can tell you, forgive them,
1: mm-hmm. or they can tell
0: you know, Or some of them want them to leave with a, applause and a standing evasion and, you know, just that it was the best thing ever. Some people want you to have it leave very worshipful, quiet, with people just going out. You know, you need to know these things as a speaker because they <laughs> have these un, unspoken expectations, and those two mm-hmm. questions have been just invaluable to me as uh, as I've been preparing to go and speak. Well, we are going to take one last break and come right back. We're going to talk about the three-step formula for speaking with passion, integrity, and commitment, secrets to help you stay committed as a speaker, and also the number one best way to be a speaker who is known for integrity. We'll be right back. Would you take a few moments right after the show and help me out? I am curious who we're missing so, for example, do you know of any speaker who is missing from womenspeakers.com? Do you know of a guest expert who you'd love to hear me interview on Marnie's Friends? Or maybe you know of a major Christian women's event group that is not yet represented over at info. Would you just take a moment after the show, swing over to Marnie.com and use the support link at the bottom of any page to recommend her to us. That would be awesome. I thank you for partnering with me in ministry, and God bless your day. Welcome back. This is the last segment here in this hour with our guest Carol Lisa of Caroljourney.com. You want to spell Carol with an E at the end, C A R o-l-e journey.com carol we're going to talk right now about your three three step formula for speaking with passion integrity and commitment mm-hmm.
1: step number one you have to care deeply you have to care deeply for the message and for your listeners um if you if you don't have that deep deep care um and 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 love i call it Care and love for your message and for your listeners—they're um, going to know that. And then the second thing is to just be honest. Um, I believe that transparency equals integrity. So um, transparency is important. I know I spoke um, uh, these last few, this last year, I've been dealing with my husband's depression, and um, and it's it's been intense. And, and it's, people are aware of it and people know about it. And when I go and speak, I can't just gloss over that. And, and, and I have to be honest and just tell them, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. And I remember I stood in front of a group of about 600 women and I made a comment about my therapist and I looked at them and I said, yes, I am in therapy. (laughs) And and we all laughed about it. We all laughed about it. But what it did was it connected me to that group. So caring deeply for your message and your listeners, being honest, because, Honesty is transparency, and that equals integrity, and then you have to be prepared. You have to get prepared, which means things like being prepared study-wise, being prepared material-wise, but it also means being prepared Um, rest-wise, and knowing that I probably shouldn't drink five cups of coffee before I get up on the stage to speak. Um, what food am I putting into my system? Um, there's a commitment, there's a physical commitment that I have to take into consideration. Um, if I've been on a plane, there needs, I have to take medication to, to battle motion sickness. So I've got a plan for enough time between getting off the plane and that medication to get out of my system. And those are the things that you have to be aware of. So there's a spiritual aspect of it, there's an emotional aspect of it, and then there's a personal aspect of it um, that all kind of fall into play uh, when, you're, when you're preparing and going to speak.
0: Hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Those are just great. And then you, uh, you have some secrets for us, too, on how to stay committed as a speaker. <laughs> you, you know, you and yeah. I, we've been doing this for a long time, and both yeah. of us, it's interesting, both of us took a break. I, I know God had me just doing pinch hitting for 10 years, as I finished uh, homeschooling the kids and we launched a couple businesses here, how long did you take a break for?
1: I took a break for about eight years. Um, mm-hmm. We moved. My husband changed jobs. He he went from ministry in local church to ministry in a parachurch organization. Uh, so I had sort of an identity crisis. My children were graduating, my children from high school, getting married. Um, There's just a lot of life things going on. Um, mm-hmm. So I did take take a break. But but during that break, God really started working on me so that when I came back, um, I could be uh, go to a different level, uh, not of size, but a level of, connection um transparency Mm -hmm. uh i was willing i was much more willing uh when i came back to be more transparent and realize that god really wants to use the things Mm -hmm. that he's doing in my life um and my kids joke my kids just my my adult children will joke and they'll go something will happen they'll go oh Mom's going to make a blog or she's going to she's going to speak about this. We're going to be an example, <laughs> you know. So, right. yeah, so I did right. take a break. Yeah. Um, but the secrets, my two secrets um, to uh, being committed, staying committed as a speaker right now is that I stay grounded. Um, I personally stay grounded. I stay grounded in God. I stay grounded in my family. And my family has been through turmoil this last year um, because, you know, my husband's illness has affected all of us. And then I stay grounded in church. Um, he's now retired, so he's not a pastor uh, of a church anymore. But we are in church, and I serve. And I find places to serve that I can serve um, with, you know, in sort of the capacity of I'm going to be here today, but you know, the next two weekends I'm out speaking. Um, and so I, ha- I, found ways, I have found ways and places to serve in my church because I think that's important. Um, I think that every one of us as Christian women who are speaking need to be committed to a local church. And when we're there, we need to be serving. Uh, And so that's
0: kind of interesting, really funny, Uh,
1: but I take my shoes off. I never speak with my shoes on. Um, uh, When I came back the second time, I came back barefoot um, for two reasons. Number one, um, I never want to get – it kind of reminds me that I need to stay grounded in God. So I never want to get mm-hmm. too big for my shoes, and I never want to forget um, who, who is the one that gives me the strength to stand on the stage. So mm-hmm. uh, funny story, when I started, came, came back and started speaking barefoot, about five years went by, and I had spoken at some place, and I went back five years later. And I walked up onto the stage, and there were two older women. They looked to be about in their 80s, um, huddled together on the front row, and one of them leaned over and, she, in a in a loud voice because they were a little bit hard of hearing, she said, "Oh, oh, it's the barefoot speaker. You're gonna love her. She's amazing." <laughs> and she <sort> of <laughs> mean, reminded me because I was barefoot. So, but I but those are the two things. I stay grounded and I take my shoes off.
0: Uh, That's so awesome That's so awesome Uh, You know, one of the things at WomenSpeakers.com that we've required through the years Is a personal relationship With the church, a church that knows you You know them and they know you And a lot of speakers have You know, kind of kicked against That a little bit and said, but it's hard Because I'm gone so many weekends This is very difficult But the reality is that your home church Is really kind of like your family You're gone from your family a lot too But that doesn't mean when you come Mm -hmm. home, you pretend you don't have a family. You know, you just, it (laughs) is your spiritual at-home connection Mm -hmm. and you need to be being fed and you need to be being accountable. And so that Mm -hmm. is a requirement at womenspeakers.com. And sometimes, you know, sometimes speakers have not joined because of that. And it's really great that you mentioned, you know, your reasons for wanting to stay involved in a local church. And again, like for me too, I, I was just gone for four Sundays straight in a row back to back. Uh, but and my pastor saw me at the grocery store today, and he's like, "You're back." You, back! So, but you know, I think it's important for us to know and be known in our church as as women mm-hmm. who actually walk the talk of what we're out there talking about. It is one thing to say you know i'm i'm a servant of god and i'm out there serving it's another thing for people locally to see you also as that same person and like you say there's lots of jobs in the church that you cannot not register for every single sunday for you know you can you mm-hmm. can participate in things as you're able and especially in the ways that god has gifted you so i encourage you mm-hmm. to do that and you all don't have to take your shoes off that's so great <laughs> though i love that <laughs> well, so what and, are a you few know, other things you've heard of or seen people do uh, that's kind of like that? That's kind of a a, a signature of other people.
1: Um, my my one of my friends has a necklace that she always wears because mm. she just when she looks in the mirror at the last minute before she walks on stage, she just knows it's a it's a beautiful cross necklace. Um, another mm. one of my friends has a bracelet that she wears. Um, uh, another one of my friends has a little sticker on her folder that she uses to speak. Um, so that when she gets up on stage and she sees this, it reminds her, um, why she's doing this, you know, that or who the who the who's really the person supplying. (laughs) So, so I mean, there's lots of different things. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways. I think it's just really important that when you step onto the stage, that you have something that reminds you, whether it's a prayer that you pray right before, um, I always have the same prayer that I pray right before I walk up on stage, and that is, may I become invisible, God, that you would speak through me. Those are the w- last words mm-hmm. I speak, um, you know, inside of myself to God before I walk on the stage, because I always want his power to be the most important thing in my, in my message um, that I'm delivering. Beautiful, beautiful, and
0: I don't have anything like that, but uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that God and I have our own ritual that I haven't identified as such thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, so just whatever works for you. But I love it. I love it that you, staying grounded with Jesus. And and again, you know, maybe if I could just say this one more time too, pray and prepare in advance mm-hmm. so that when you get there, you can be fully there instead of trying mm-hmm. to cram things in that you should have been mm-hmm. doing in advance and, and God's got it. Mm-hmm. Well, you have one more thing for us. You have the number one best way to be a speaker that's known for integrity. This
1: is the most important thing um, that I, that I, if I, and I'm glad we saved this to the last. Um, you have to live the life you talk about. In other words, yeah. who are you when you're off stage? And this happened to me recently. Um, my husband and I were traveling through an airport. I had done an event um, uh, in a In an area, and you know you don't always get to know who the people are you know that they all know you, but you don't get to know all of them right. and We were in a situation where <clears throat> we were in line at the airlines, and you had to have a boarding pass with a with a number and And um, he had a really high, like getting on the plane faster than me. And I was like at the very end and um, we were standing together thinking that they would let us board at the same time. And when we got up there, the lady looked at him and said, well, you can go, but you have to go back there. And, and my husband stopped and he goes, what we can't go together. And she's like, well, you can save a seat for her, but she cannot get on the plane. And she got kind of loud. And so my husband's like, okay. And I looked at him and I'm like, just go, save me a seat. I'll be there. And I just went over and sat down calmly, um, in a chair cause I, it was going to be 20 minutes before I could get on the plane with him. Cause I was like at the very end. And, um, so I finally get in the plane and we, we fly. And when we got off the plane in the, the at our destination, we were walking off the plane and this woman, um, practically knocked down five people to get to me and she walked <laughs> up to me and she said, I was at the retreat you spoke at two weeks ago. And you talked about, you talked about um, uh, something about integrity. And she goes, I just want you to know you just did it. I was there. I saw mm-hmm. you. And she said, thank you for being real and for living what you speak. And that has stuck mm-hmm. with me because I think how many times are we tempted um, to, you know, we've, I mean, we're human, we're going to make mistakes, but people really right. do watch. And so you have to live the life that you talk about and, and be who you are, um, on stage, off stage. And, um, that was huge that, that in, that has stayed <laughs> with me and reminded me how important it is that, that, you know, people are watching.
0: Yeah. I, I
1: love that story. That was
0: the right one to mm-hmm. end on. We have a couple more seconds here, Carol, if people go over to your website, which again is Carol's Journey.com, c-a-r-o-l-e-s carolsjourney.com what are they going to find over there
1: they're going to find all kinds of pictures about my family they're going to find out a little bit about my story the my background they're going to find a link to my blog um, they're going to find a way to contact me um, there'll be some uh, some of the topics that I speak on Um, and and, uh, they'll just really get to know me. I have a fun little thing on my, I think it's on my homepage, maybe it's on the About Carol page. I was an actress in Hollywood for a while and and I always wanted to be on the Actor studio, which is where James Lipton would ask you all these questions. And so I, I just decided since I'm never going to do that, I answered those. So you'll find some fun little facts about Aha, me. Love it. Um, if I, yeah, <laughs> about some of the things that how I would have answered those questions had I ever been on his stage um, and sat in his chair. So, um, But you'll get a feel about who I am. You'll, you'll truly get a feel for who I am. And, and uh, you know, just it's, it's really my journey through life.
0: Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your life so freely and generously with so many, Carol. And thank you for sharing this hour with us. Thank you, Marnie, for letting me be here. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, well, this has been just great. And you guys can learn more about Carol over at her website caroljourney.com, and of course, you can go visit her also at womenspeakers.com, or there's over 1,300 speakers available to you over there. And of course, my website is Marnie.com, and I'd love to have you visit there as well. Thank you for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see you next time at Marnie's Friends. Bye-bye.